essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario. Last week's show was recorded on the road to Kitchener as I was heading to Heavy as the Head for Smash Wrestling. Unfortunately, one of the segments involving Wrestle Kingdom 13, Impact Homecoming, and AEW Rally didn't end up making it into the show as expected, and so there was a technical difficulty but I'll be making sure that that gets added into this week's episode. Also today, we will have results from Smash Wrestling's Heavy as the Head, NXT UK's first takeover event in Liverpool, and Destiny World Wrestling's Anything Goes event that happened Friday night in Sarnia. This week marks the return of the Ontario Wrestling calendar, and news about events in London, Barrie, Windsor, Ottawa, Hamilton, Guelph, Toronto, Mississauga, and more. My hope is to expand this show over the next while and our fan base with coverage from wrestling all over Ontario in 2019. We'll also look forward to what happened in WWE and what to expect with the Royal Rumble and NXT TakeOver. So we'll be right back after this messages and be sure to share this with your friends, whether they listen on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, or any other podcast outlet. We're probably on there. See you in a couple minutes. Welcome to this week's edition of the Spash Wrestling Report. Last Friday night at the Tannery Event Center in Kitchener, Ontario, Smash Wrestling presented Heavy as the Head. It was filmed for the Fight Network for an upcoming episode. On that night, we saw Brent Banks defeat one half of Halal Beefcake in Joel Coleman. Jody Threat got the best of Casey Spinelli. Sebastian Suave with Anthony Kingdom James beat the Muscle when Muscle was distracted by Kingdom pointing out an attractive woman at ringside, allowing Suave to take advantage and get the victory. The PWA team with Joey Allen Easy E and Super K were no match for the team of Killscreen with Scotty O'Shea, Shane Saber, and a mystery member. Space Monkey came back to Kitchener as a replacement for the injured Kevin Bennett to go one on one with Psycho Mike Rollins. Mike was in a conflict with his conscience, who was still encouraging him to turn heel. Rollins scored a victory in the end of the seesaw battle. Tyson Dukes beat the other half of Halal Beefcake. Idris Abraham. And the main event saw a hard-hitting three-way with Tarek coming out on top to retain his Smash Wrestling Championship over Matt Cross and John Greed. At the end of the night, I was able to present a few of our 2018 Smash Wrestling Achievement Awards. I met up with Tarek, Sebastian Suave, 
Psycho Mike Rollins, James Key, and Alan Taylor to present them with their awards. You can see those video presentations on our Facebook page. I plan to present more next week at the Phoenix in Toronto during any given Sunday. And just a quick update on the condition of the Buffalo Brothers since their car accident two weeks ago. Puff has been cleared to return to the ring last week and is back on the road. Kevin Bennett is at home and still awaiting clearance from his doctor to step back into the ring. Both Kevin Blackwood and Daniel Garcia have been released from the hospital. They are both doing strengthening and rehab to get back between the ropes, and Daniel Garcia has posted multiple videos of his progress and even dropped by Grapplers Anonymous to see their trainings and workouts. Even tonight at Empire State Wrestling, all four Buffalo Brothers showed up to take in the show and see the fans. Daniel Garcia even stood up to the champion and said he's working on borrowed time. This is coming from a guy who's out there with two broken legs, and he's using his walker to do that confrontation from the audience to the new champ. There was even a moment when Kevin Blackwood, Kevin Bennett, and Puff were in the middle of the ring to address the fans. I've shared some of these videos and posts on our Facebook page, along with information on how you can support the Buffalo Brothers with their medical bills. There are two GoFundMe pages, a Canadian and American page. There's at least three t-shirt uh, sales that are going on with three different designs with money going towards their care. Plus, then there's our own raffle that we're doing with a Scumbags podcast t-shirt that was signed by the ladies of the Canusa Classic this past October during London Comic Con. Tickets are 3 for $5 or 10 for 10 you can send me a message to get your tickets and I accept e-transfers and we'll do the draw during the weekend of WrestleMania just before NXT TakeOver on April 6th. You hear the rumble in here? The rumble is the sound of progression and fundamentals are being made at the wrestling factory. This is Tyson Dukes. And you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast, y'all. Coming April 26th to the 28th at the Ramada Inn, London, Ontario, it's Shockstock. Shockstock is London, Ontario's premier annual horror and subculture convention. Each year we bring, for a few short days, the real deal in sleaze horror, and exploitation with celebrities, events, and vendors who know what the fans want. No insane lineups, no curfews, no problem. Enjoy jam-packed vendor rooms, a full weekend-long film festival with awards and fully stocked bar and lounge with nighttime events on site and more. Submit your film via Film Freeway at filmfreeway.com shockstock. Presented by London's own Sultans of Slime, Vagrancy Films, The Grim Brothers Entertainment, in association with Fangora, Raven Banner, and of course, Bob's Ultimate Meats. And now, for your Smash Wrestling calendar, brought to you by Canada's original and best horror weekend, Shockstock, the All-Nighter Freighter, happening April 26th to the 28th. 
at the Ramada Inn here in London. You can get your tickets by going to purchase.growthticks.com. Next Sunday, January 27th at 2 p.m. in the Phoenix Concert Hall in Toronto, one of the most anticipated dates on the Smash Wrestling calendar. It's any given Sunday 7. It'll be an afternoon of new faces, hot returns, technical showcases, and violent wars. Due to the car accident that happened two weeks ago in Buffalo, three-quarters of the Buffalo Brothers will be unable to attend this show. However, Smash Wrestling worked quickly to fill those spots, but Puff will still be there and he'll face John Greed one-on-one after what happened the last time those two were in the ring at the same time. Sebastian Suave will now face Jay Freddy on behalf of Daniel Garcia. Facade has been added to the Lucha Showcase, making it a triple threat match with Ray Horse and Matt Cross. The Pillars, Brent Banks and Tyson Dukes, put their tag team titles on the line against Halal Beefcake. A triple threat tag team match will feature Killscreen, members Shane Saber and Mark Wheeler, going against Fight or Flight and the well-oiled machines. Can Mike Rollins ignore his conscience and not turn heel on Pepper Parks? Scotty O'Shea will now face one of the most dangerous men to ever step foot in a Smash Wrestling ring, as Jimmy Havoc will take Kevin Blackwood's spot in the barbed wire hell match. And because Kevin Bennett's doctors have yet to clear him to get back into the ring, Carter Mason has stepped up once again on short notice for Smash Wrestling and will be rewarded with a title match against Tarek for the Smash Wrestling Championship. Tickets are still available, and you can get them by checking out smash-wrestling.com. Right here in London, on February 2nd, at the London Music Hall, Smash Wrestling and Impact Wrestling team up to present Brace for Impact, a show being filmed live for Twitch. Scheduled for that night will be Cody Diener taking on Mike Rollins, the Rascals facing OVE, Demon Bunny taking on Balespin, and what has been announced as Xander Bale's final match as she focuses on her career away from the wrestling ring. The May event will be Johnny Impact against Sammy Callahan, and also scheduled to appear are Casey Spinelli, Ali, The Four Pillars, and Scotty O'Shea. The rest of February will be quite quiet for Smash Wrestling, but they're filling up their month of March very quickly. Because on March 9th, Smash Wrestling returns to the Tannery Event Center at 7.30 for The Spirit Within. On March 23rd, Smash Wrestling and Barry Wrestling combine to bring fans the Mariposa Mayhem in Aurelia at 5 p.m. March 24th at 5 p.m., Smash Wrestling presents Tell All Your Friends at the Phoenix in Toronto. You'll see Brian Cage take on Speedball Mike Bailey, plus TDT, Matt Cross, Lufisto, Veda Scott, Facade, Jason Kincaid, and many more. Then, finally, on March 31st, Smash Wrestling comes back to London for Louder Now at the London Music Hall. Already set to appear is Kevin Bennett taking on Speedball Mike Bailey, TDT, Jason Kincaid, Facade, and Jody Threat, plus many more stars. 
you can find out how you can get tickets by going to the Smash Wrestling website, smash-wrestling.com, to see how you can get your tickets for these exciting events coming to either Toronto, London, Kitchener, and Aurelia. Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October 2017, Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learn all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today. Last night, Daniel and I took a trip down the 402 to catch Destiny Wrestling in Sarnia at the River City Vineyard. There was a large crowd of about 350 people present. The undercard saw Channing Decker win a three-way match, Chauncey Blackheart beat Beautiful Bia, and the Swole Patrol lost in a tag team match. The main card saw Holden Albright beat Aiden Prince after a low blow with the distracted referee. Sarnia City Councilor Brian White was the appointed commissioner for the night and saw what happened and ordered the match to resume. Prince quickly picked up the victory as soon as the bell rang. Of course, the last time Destiny was in Sarnia, there had been an altercation between Brian White and Holden Albright. So White had a little bit of vested interest in keeping an eye on what went down in that match. After Prince left the ring, Albright confronted Brian White and even spit on him, threatening that the next time that Destiny's in Sarnia, they're going to meet again. There was a somewhat comedy tag team match just before the main event, featuring Ryan White and Congo Kong taking on the team of Stone Rockwall and Swoggle, formerly known as WD's Hornswoggle. There was a lot of comedy moments in that, considering how big Congo Kong is compared to the size of Swoggle. But in the end, Swoggle ended up getting the pin on Kong. And the main event, and truly the best match of the night, was a hard-hitting battle between interim champion Josh Alexander taking on Michael Elgin. Alexander won with a spinning power driver for the victory. After the two shook hands, Elgin left the ring, but before Alexander could celebrate the victory, out came Pete Dunne to have a stare-down with Alexander. Pete brought the actual Destiny Wrestling title with him, and held it high for everybody to see. The two will meet tomorrow night in Mississauga to unify the title. And that will happen as part of Destiny Wrestling's carnage happening at the Battle Arts Academy in Mississauga. The event is almost sold out, and if you're in the area, you might still be able to find a ticket or two. There'll be a cash-in contract ladder match 
featuring Ethan Page, Kobe Durst, ACH, Ryan White, Lee Costa, and Channing Decker. The Desi Hit Squad will face Stone Rockwall and a mystery partner. Shotzi Blackheart goes against Casey Spinelli. Shane Strickland will face off against Michael Elgin. Aiden Prince faces Tyler Bate. And the main event is going to be Pete Dunne taking on Josh Alexander to unify the Destiny Championship. Once again, that's tomorrow in Mississauga at the Battle Arts Academy. Hi, I'm the Fireball Kid, Jordan James, and this is the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. And now your Ontario Independent Wrestling Event Calendar, presented to you by Shockstock, April 26th to the 28th at the Ramada Inn here in London, Ontario. Thursday, January 24th, Greektown Wrestling presents to Greektown and Beyond. At 8 p.m., 310 Danforth Avenue, Toronto, Ontario. You'll see Kobe Durst, Retro AG, Josh Alexander, and Silesia Sparks in a four-way match. RJ City takes on Sunny Kiss. Jock Sampson versus Puff. Trent Gibson takes on Josh Briggs. Alexia Nicole faces Chris Statlander. John Atlas and Space Monkey take on MJF and Stokely Hathaway. There'll be a hardcore match featuring Channing Decker versus Chris Dickinson. All tickets start at $15, and that's Thursday, January 24th, Greektown Wrestling, Toronto. Then on Friday, January 25th, PWA Wrestling is in Guelph at 7 p.m. at the Red Chevron Club. You'll see Holden Albright versus Easy E and Carlito versus Joey Allen, plus many more matches. There's many options for you on Saturday, January 26th, as Barry Wrestling presents Going the Distance. Sebastian Suave and Brent Banks will defend their tag team titles. Tarek will defend his three pistols title. There'll be an eight-man gauntlet match, an open challenge issued by Jody Threat, and Tyson Dukes will defend the heavyweight championship against John Atlas. Also on the 26th, Bordertown Pro Wrestling presents Lethal Lottery at 5 p.m. at the Fort Erie Native Friendship Center in Fort Erie, Ontario. PWA will be in Kitchener at the Alpine Club at 7 p.m. Scheduled to appear as Carlito versus Jeff Black, Lenny Lilac versus Elian Habanero, Easy E versus Joey Allen for the championship, and a last man standing match with Josh Alexander taking on El Reverso. And finally, on January 26th, Pro Wrestling Ontario presents Unhinged at 7 p.m. at the Burlington Lions Club in Burlington, Ontario. Jake Jones takes on Matthew Grant, and Rip Impact goes against Gaudi O'Shea, plus many more matches scheduled to appear. Plus, of course, there's the big event, Smash Wrestling presenting any given Sunday 7 at the Phoenix on January 27th, 2 p.m. And this has been your Ontario Independent Wrestling event calendar 
presented to you by Shockstock. Hello, do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast? Well, give me a shout at our email address, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll give your business a shout out, including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services. Do you like things a little hot and spicy? Well, come to the first annual Heat Wave Hot Sauce Expo, March 2nd, 2019, at Centennial Hall. Heat Wave Hot Sauce Expo is Southwestern Ontario's home of heat. Enjoy your sauce and spicy food from over 40 international producers. All vendors are providing free samples of their sauces on nachos or pretzels, or you can buy some meaty chicken wings at the show and spice them up however you'd like with hundreds of choices available from our vendors. Fans attending get a totally unique experience with an A's theme motif and atmosphere on the show floor. The event will be licensed with craft beers and spirits available for consumption to pair with your perfect sauce. As well, live podcasts, demonstrations, and competitions for those who wish to test their limits will take place on the heatwave stage. For fans of spice or those just seeking an afternoon of heat, Heatwave is your place to go. Heatwave takes place Saturday, March 2nd at Centennial Hall in London, Ontario, Canada. Tickets available right now. So apparently my Wrestle Kingdom 13 report, AEW Rally, and Impact Wrestling Homecoming report didn't end up making it into last week's podcast. So, with that said, here's what I actually had intended to put in there. Wrestle Kingdom 13 was Friday morning, January 4th at 3 a.m. here in Canada. It was a really good show with surprises all having the titles change hands. Jay White was able to step up and be a future main eventer as he recently was announced as the leader of the Bullet Club. And the match of the night was probably the Will Ospreay versus uh, Kota Ibushi match. Since the show has ended, Kenny Omega and Kushida have announced that they are not going to be at New Japan anymore and their contracts end on January 31st. It's really unknown where they're going to land. I know a lot of money has been sent Kenny's way from WWE, hoping that he'll sign with them. More than likely, he's going to stick with his friends and join AEW. But as far as it goes with Kushida, he is more than likely going to make his way to WWE. Either way, for either of the guys, we're going to know probably February 1st where each one have decided to go. The following are the results of Wrestle Kingdom 13. The most violent players won the gauntlet match in the pre-show. Osprey beat Ibushi, L.I.J., beat Suzuki Gun and Rapongi 3000. Zack Sabre Jr. beat Tomohiro Ishii. L.I.J. beat Gorillas of Destiny and the Young Bucks. Juice Robinson beat Cody. Ishimori beat Kushida. Jay White 
got a victory over Okada. Naito beat Jericho. And Tanahashi beat Kenny Omega in the main event. Wrestle Kingdom 13 also marked the last show in New Japan for the members of the Elite, unless a deal is made between New Japan and All Elite Wrestling. This was their last appearance. Then, over at Impact Wrestling, they held their first pay-per-view of 2019 with Homecoming. It was back at the home of TNA when they started in Nashville with their weekly pay-per-views at the Asylum. The crowd was hot most of the night, although I thought that the camera work and the production value seemed to be a little lacking and a little low-grade. The opening match was a spot fest during the Ultimate X match with some of illogical spots done instead of going for the title they would jump off the wire x structure just to hit another move the Nako's title match seemed to be more about setting up gail kim and tessa blanchard for a future match instead of making the title seem uh, of value by the end of the night the fans seemed to turn on johnny impact and taya and the following are the results of this event Rich Swan won the Ultimate X match to become the new X Division champion. Allie and Sue Young beat Jordan Grace and Kara Hogan, and it marked the return of Rosemary when she came out of a casket carried in by the undead bridesmaids. Eddie Edwards beat Moose with the help of his wife, Alicia, who ended up taking the kendo stick and hitting Moose with it herself. Sammy Callahan beat Willie Mack. Eli Drake won the Monsters Ball match over Abyss. LAX retained their tag team titles over the Lucha Brothers in a match of the night. Taya Valkyrie, as I mentioned just a moment ago, beat Tessa Blanchard to become the new Knockhouse champion with a little bit of help by the referee, Gail Kim. And the main event saw Johnny Impact retain the title over Brian Cage. Since Impact Homecoming, Impact Wrestling has moved to the Pursuit Channel at 10 o'clock on Fridays and is also available on Twitch and here in Canada at 10 o'clock on Fridays on the Fight Network. Then a week and a half ago, All Elite Wrestling held their rally in Jacksonville, Florida. Conrad Thompson and Alex Marvez hosted the event. First out was SoCal Uncensored with Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian, and Christopher Daniels. They all said that they were now part of All Elite Wrestling. Then out was Cody Rhodes. He said that wins and losses are going to matter in AEW and that fans won't be told who to cheer or boo. They will have their choice instead of being told by the management. Also, talent will have control over their characters, which might be a little bit dangerous considering what happened in WCW when the inmates were in the asylum. Anyways... The Young Bucks then came out, and they announced that Double or Nothing will be held in Las Vegas on May 25th at the MGM Grand. They also said there will be a future show happening in Jacksonville, Florida, with a date yet to be announced. AEW will have a relationship with Oriental Wrestling Entertainment from China. Brandy Rhodes came out and said that there will be a women's division, and they'll get equal pay for the women as they have for the men. Other talent that appeared were Britt Baker, MJF, Hangman Page, Joey Janela, Penelope Ford, Pac, 
formerly known as Neville, who actually came out in his ring gear, unlike everybody else who were in nice attire or suits, he decided to come out in ring gear for whatever reason. Conrad set up a bit of time and was thanking people, and then Fozzie's music hit, and out came Chris Jericho. His time on stage, Jericho said, I'm here because I believe in doing something different. I believe in doing something new. It's what I've always done my entire career. I'm a maverick. I'm an outlaw. I'm a pariah. I'm Chris Jericho, baby. I'm not here just to change the world. AEW is not here just to change the world. We are going to change the whole universe. It was shown on Twitter, a video of Jericho signing his AEW contract with Tony Khan, who has also recently been announced as the director of creative control, which I don't know how that's going to happen. It's a football guy directing creative of wrestling. Like, no matter how much of a super fan you are, how can they put him in charge of creative? They're really putting any regular wrestling fan in charge, except for this guy has money to back up the whole thing. Another video was shown of Cody introducing Billy Gunn as their first producer. Billy's son was also backstage in that video, and so expect him to sign along with AEW. They used a lot of pyro in daytime, which didn't have a dramatic effect like it would if it had been in dark, and the whole thing didn't have a television deal announced. We got the date of what All Elite Wrestling is going to do for Double or Nothing, and we had some talent that was announced that most people figured out who they were going to be. As for my personal opinion on AEW, I'm looking forward to this because I did enjoy All In. However, I caution people to think rationally when not put all their eggs in one basket. Don't tout AEW as going to be the savior of all of wrestling because they've only had that one show, All In. Yes, they got a lot of money backing them, but so did WCW. They got a, they have a lot of momentum behind them as far as name value, which is great. But All In didn't happen without the use of ROH guys, without the use of New Japan guys. How are they going to fill out the rest of their roster is yet to be determined. We're probably going to see Kenny Omega as part of AEW. And if rumors are true about other people from WWE wanting to get other contracts to join AEW, that's fine because some of the WWE guys definitely need to be refreshed and have another place to go. And AEW is going to give that place. I hope AEW decides to be their own selves and present a good product, an alternative product for people to want to see, which not putting them in a position of a war. We already saw what happened when WWE went to war with WCW. Yes, there was a few years right there that had spectacular action, and they were bouncing off each other and one-upping each other just to give the fans a great product and... You know, it definitely was a golden era for a lot of fans watching, and there's nothing wrong with that. But 
WCW ended up losing that war when they backed Vince McMahon into the corner. They were WWE was losing when they decided to say enough of the good guys versus bad guys promo that Vince did, and they changed direction at a point where Vince thought, okay, we need to do something. And that's already happened now with Vince saying, we need to change direction. We're hearing you fans. And it's now the whole family involved, including Stephanie, Triple H, and Shane. And Vince even might be stepping away because he wants to do the XFL. But if you have Triple H influencing a lot of the product now on the main roster, as he already has with the NXT, AEW will have a hard time getting those fans to convert. They don't want to start any war. We've seen what happens to wrestling when there's only one major company around. There should be enough room for everybody to play nicely, give the fans the best shows that they can, and if that's possible, then we're all going to win because if AEW shows a great product like they did with All In, they're going to get a response from WWE going, okay, you want this instead, we'll give you this instead. And as a wrestling fan, I like that idea, and I hope it comes to fruition without there being a war. This is Jim Strider, live from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. The Signature Spot with Chris Toplack is a weekly podcast available every Thursday that covers the world of professional wrestling. It's an easy-to-digest show that ranges from 30 to 40 minutes in length and focuses on show recaps, highlights from the week, industry news and rumors, full event previews along with predictions, topics of the week, and featured guests such as journalists and fellow podcasters. It's a professional yet personable show that's all about connecting with you. To subscribe, head over to youtube.com forward slash the signature spot or listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available. And to be a part of the conversation, like the signature spot on Facebook. NXT UK presented TakeOver Blackpool last Saturday afternoon on the WWE Network. Mustache Mountain had clearly the best match of the night, but came up a bit short in becoming the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions when they lost to Zach Gibson and James Drake. Finn Balor replaced an injured Travis Banks to face his former protege, Jordan Devlin. Devlin had attacked Banks earlier in the day, and then again before their match. Balor got the victory with the coup de grace. Dave Mastiff won a no-disqualification match over Eddie Dennis to remain undefeated in NXT UK. Tony Storm realized her dream of being the NXT UK Women's Champion by defeating Rhea Ripley. Tony received the opportunity by winning the 2018 May Young Classic at Evolution last October. And the main event saw a hard-hitting British Strong Style match between Pete Dunne and Joe Coffey. This match was almost 35 minutes in length, which seemed a bit too long in my opinion. Pete Dunne made Coffee tap out after the match. Walter made his way to the ring, making his presence known to Pete Dunne before leaving as they stood face to face and Walter towered over Pete. 
Don will now continue his record-setting 600-plus day title reign until his path crosses again with Walter. I thought that this was a very good show and a great way to spend a quiet Saturday afternoon. If you haven't been able to catch NXT UK due to its timing on WWE Network, don't worry. This is a great opportunity for you to get on board, go back and watch some other matches in the archives, and get on board with the NXT UK brand. It's only going to get better from here. Next weekend for the WWE is the Royal Rumble weekend. They're going to have an access program, which will then feature a tournament, and it'll have five members from NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live, as all 15 participants take part in a tournament. They'll start off with a battle royal to determine spots, and then they'll be bracketed to find a champion, which they'll become a number one contender for any title that the winner would like to have. Then on Saturday night is the NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Scheduled for that show is Matt Riddle taking on Cassius Ono in a rematch from last TakeOver. Ricochet will defend his NXT North American Championship against a determined Johnny Gargano. The Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong put their tag team titles on the line against the War Raiders. Bianca Belair will challenge NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler, who will most likely have Duke and Shafir in her corner. The main event will see Aleister Black attempt to reclaim the NXT Championship from the man who took the title from him, Tommaso Ciampa. And then, on the Sunday night, January 27th, it's the 2019 Royal Rumble, where the road to WrestleMania 35 begins. There'll be the traditional men and women Royal Rumble matches, with R-Truth and Carmella having the number 30 spots in their respective matches after winning the Mixed Match Challenge last month. In other matches, Rusev defends his U.S. title against former champion Shinsuke Nakamura. The Bar take on Miz and Shane for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Ronda Rousey faces Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's title. The man, Becky Lynch, has a chance to win back her Women's Championship when she faces Asuka one-on-one. Buddy Murphy defends the Cruiserweight title in a fatal four-way against Kalisto, Akira Tozawa, and Hideo Tommy. Daniel Bryan will go one-on-one against AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. And with the changes that happened last Monday, Braun Strowman is out and Finn Balor is in the main event and will now challenge Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. All that happens next weekend on the WWE Network, Saturday night, NXT, and on Sunday, the Royal Rumble. I'm Kyle Boone, one handsome SOB, and you're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Are you looking for your own Scumbags Wrestling t-shirt so you can show off your Scumbags pride at your next local independent wrestling event? Well, I got the answer for you. You can go check out my friend Daryl over at Twisted Tees. He produces high-quality t-shirts with the most amazing up-to-date technology for printing shirts and for just $25 you can get your own shirt whether it's a parody logo of superstars wrestling 
Raw's War, the Survivor Series, a design inspired by Brock Lesnar's Suplex City, or the All In event, you can go check out Daryl and get your own shirt. You can be found at TwistedTeesMerch.com. Show your pride today. Order a t-shirt and stand out above the crowd. Canada's original and best horror weekend, Shockstock, the all-nighter freighter, comes to London Ramada in April 26th to the 28th. Already announced for the event is Sleazy P. Martini of Guar, and he's coming to Shockstock 2019. So you want to meet the manager with the mostest, you're going to get your wish. The Art of Clown, David Howard Thorne, makes his way to Shockstock. Don't you dare miss it. April 26th to the 28th, 2019, London, Ontario, the Ramada Inn, it's Shockstock. Some news from WWE. There's been reports that The Revival asked for their release right after their match against the Lucha House Party. They're not happy right now with the way the tag teams are being treated. And also, Dolph Ziggler has possibly asked for his release and chosen to not stay with WWE more. It's unknown if he'd be getting another push after all this time that he's been there. Other reports claim that Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis have also asked for their release. On Friday, Maria spoke out about these claims. She stated, I was not going to address this, but I'm getting phone calls and emails about it. I did not ask for my release. Speculation and rumors are running rampant. Someone is playing all the wrestling news sites. It's a game. I've been in the professional wrestling business for 15 years, and what I do in front of the camera will only be a small part of the full story. I have relationships with fans, talent, producers, and their families. I've been in the hospital when people have been injured and backstage to hug someone that just had a great match. I don't need to stir up shit. I don't need to put others down. I'm an imperfect human that has learned from past mistakes. Whoever's leaking rumors, I pity you and your desperate attempt for attention. While disparaging my husband and I, I'm going to take the weekend off social media to hang out with my beautiful family, and I suggest whoever it is does the same. Social media is not fact. It is fantasy, a nightmare or a place for bullies. I want to use this for motivation to be positive every day. I'm still learning how to be a mom. I still fight postpartum depression, and I still try to become a better person every day. I don't need this made-up extra stress. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend, and I thank you for your support. So with that response from Maria, I would assume that they haven't asked for their release, But you never know, because at the same time, a lot of news sites picked up what Ryan Satin at Pro Wrestling Sheets had reported, along with Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, and who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. I just hope that these people who claim to be disgruntled with WD are not jumping ship, assuming that everything is going to be sunshine and roses if they leave and go to, say, AEW. Where, yeah, you might have a little more creative control, but 
there's only so many top spots for everybody. And without a TV deal yet, how often are they going to be seen? Ronda Rousey was announced as being the voice of Sonya Blade in the Mortal Kombat 11. And if you happen to have some extra time, take it to go over to the WWE Network and watch the two specials that were released this past week, one featuring Mean Gene and tribute to his life, and also the backstage life of Nigel McGuinness, of how he was a superstar and ended up retiring, and how he made his way back to the WWE. Both were very well done and worth the watch. Then, tomorrow, Sunday, starting at noon, WWE will be announcing every 30 minutes on their Twitter account, a new superstar entering the Women's Royal Rumble. So, by the end of the day, we should have, hopefully, all 30 positions filled, because there's already about maybe 13 to 15 already filled, so it gives them the rest of the day to complete that. Highlights on TV saw Braun Strowman removed from the Universal title match at the Royal Rumble, when he smashed up Vincent McMahon's limo. This reportedly was the plan from for a while, as they didn't intend for the match to actually happen as scheduled. And if that's true, I kind of think that that segment was actually filmed a week earlier when they were in Florida, because for whatever reason, I picked up that the limo had a Florida license plate on it when they were in Tennessee instead. So there is no need for a Florida license plate on a limousine that Vince McMahon was going to be in if he's going to be in Tennessee and he comes from Connecticut. So, yeah, I'm guessing that was filmed last week when they were doing their uh, first return back to regular action. With Brock being removed in the match, they had to find another way of getting their number one contender. So, there was a fatal four-way match to determine the new one, number one contender, and it consisted of John Cena, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Finn Balor. But, of course, Jinder Mahal had to get involved and got himself a match with Finn Balor to replace him if he had beat Finn. But that didn't happen. Balor ended up beating Mahal and made his way to the fatal four-way and even won that one pinning John Cena, and then Cena gave him an endorsement. Bobby Lashley won his first Intercontinental title and first WWE title in 11 years when he beat Dean Ambrose in a triple threat with, involving Seth Rollins. There was an odd interaction between Ronda Rousey and Sasha Banks after their tag team victory, and Ronda just kept on saying the wrong things and offending Sasha, but then for being the most dangerous woman, she seemed to be sucking up and cowering to Sasha and wanting to be friends with her and not getting the fact that her words were being misconstrued. And she was almost begging Sasha to be still her friend instead of, okay, you know, this is a competition and this is how we're going to get heated up, whatever. But yeah. It just seemed un-Ronda Rousey-ish. Another awkward segment happened with Alexa Bliss, which kind of put the women's evolution back 20 years, where a production assistant 
was trying to deliver a latte to Alexa and came in on her and saw that her top was off and, oh, we're awkward. And Jay was covering up. And that was like stuff we saw in Tristratus and Sable years ago. And now we're seeing it again. I don't get it. It just didn't make sense. But right after that, Alexa had her Moment of Bliss interview segment, which is still not the greatest either. And she had Paul Heyman as her guest. But before Paul came out, she revealed that the tag team titles for the women were going to be contested and awarded at the elimination pay-per-view with three teams from each side, Raw and SmackDown, going to be represented in the six or the four pods plus starting of the match. And so that's how we're going to get our first women's tag team titles. And then Paul Heyman came out and there wasn't anything really for him to talk about because Braun was eliminated from the title match. And then you had heavy machinery come out and Otis was drooling over tag titles or Alexa. I don't know what was going on. And then it just slipped into the main event. But all the NXT call-ups this week just appeared in backstage moments, except for Nikki Cross, who ended up getting part of a six-woman tag team match on Raw. But on Raw and SmackDown, everybody else was just randomly in places. It was kind of weird. Uh, But over on SmackDown... AJ and Daniel Bryan brawled at the concession stand after AJ was like, hey, these people should be able to wear clothes, eat hot dogs, drink out of recyclable cups and whatever else uh, was going on. Then he was attacked by Bryan. Jimmy Uso was given a, a hotel key by Mandy Rose and her efforts to try and break up Jimmy and Naomi because she hates Naomi. It resulted in a brawl in the uh, bedroom at the hotel where then Mandy ran off. And the Miz threw a birthday party for Shane McMahon, and that turned into a match of Miz versus Sheamus, which Miz won, and Cesaro went through one birthday cake, and Miz encouraged Shane to go coast to coast with a cake in front of Sheamus' face, and that's how that show ended. But the match of the week... Uh, went definitely to Rey Mysterio and the newly shortened named Andrade, no longer carrying the CN Almas. He's joining the ranks of Sheamus and Cesaro and Elias, where they only have one name. So I don't know what Vince McMahon has against people with multiple names. We don't just call him Vince. He's Mr. McMahon or Vince McMahon, but everybody else has to have just one name. So Andrade is going to be that. Maybe that's going to result in a push. Who knows? But that's what happened this week on WWE TV and your news for WWE. Want to be a wrestler? The time is now to join the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. The first class is going to graduate in October and it's going to leave a lot of open space. Learn from one of Canada's best wrestlers and trainers around. Tyson has been wrestling since 1997 and has wrestled for Blood, Sweat, and Years, Border City Wrestling, Ring of Honor, 
Impact Wrestling, WWE, was part of the first Cruiserweight Classic and one of the longest reigning champions for Smash Wrestling. Tyson just recently spent a week in Florida as a guest trainer at the WWE Performance Center. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory is located at 309 Exeter Road in London, Ontario and is open every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday evening from 6 p.m. to 8.30. Find out why Tyson is one of the pillars of Smash Wrestling. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory teaching the new generation of hopefuls into superstars. And that wraps up another episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for joining me, as always. And be sure to share with your friends whether they listen to their podcasts on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or any other way that they get podcasts. We're probably on there, and they should be in the know as well and share and listen to our show. Next week, I'll cover the upcoming any given Sunday from Smash Wrestling and preview and predict NXT Phoenix along with the Royal Rumble 2019. I'm always looking for your feedback, so send it my way whether you use our Scumbags Wrestling podcast page or Scumbags Wrestling group, both on Facebook. Send us a tweet over at Scumbags Wrestling or an email directly at Scumbags Wrestling at gmail.com. Your feedback will help improve this show and our group. And don't forget that to use that if you want to buy tickets to support the Buffalo Brothers and buy a Scumbags Wrestling podcast t shirt that was autographed by the ladies of the Canusa Classic. Tickets are three for five dollars or ten for ten. And I'll be doing the draw on April 6th, right before the NXT Takeover show. You don't want to miss out on your opportunity to get this great t-shirt and support four great guys who were in that car accident just two weeks ago. So until next time, thank you once again for joining me, and we'll catch you next week. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. I can't help.